Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I am the founder and CEO of Mara Poling. Excited to be with you this week to talk about a topic that continues to come up in our current conversations, and that is rents, renewal rents versus new leases. Why is it that we at Mara Poling see higher rents closer to market with new leases than we do with renewals? Why can't you, if a tenant is paying less than market, simply move them to the market rent? That's what we're going to talk about this week, and I hope you find it valuable. As always, and I hope you don't tire of these little, <laughs> these little segues, as always, if you have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. Many of you take advantage of that, and it is greatly appreciated. We love the interactions. Please remember to swing by the Learning Center at marapolling.com. Lots of good content there. Uh, webinars to sign up for. Uh, future live events. We don't have anything on the calendar right now, but we're looking at, at scheduling a couple more for this year. So lots of good content there. And as I said, you can always shoot me an email. That's pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. Okay, so let's get to it. So we at Marapoling are able to move rents more significantly, get them closer to market on new leases than we are on renewals. Why is that the case? It would seem logical that if you had a tenant and they weren't paying the market rent, that you'd simply at renewal say, your unit could rent for X, that's what you need to agree to in order to stay, otherwise, you can vacate and we'll lease your unit to someone else. I think that's a very logical conclusion to come to. And if you're managing an individual portfolio, so you have a few single families, you have a duplex, maybe a fourplex or something like that, that's actually a strategy that may work really well for you. Let's say you have a fourplex and your tenants come up for renewal every two or three or four months. So they're not all piled up on top of each other. Well, if you have a tenant that's paying, say, $100 below market, you could go to them and say, it's going to cost an extra $100 to sign this renewal. What do you want to do? And if it's too much for them or they, for whatever reason, just decide they don't want to pay the extra $100, well, then they can leave and go somewhere else. And you've got time to lease that unit to another tenant. That gets you back to your 100% and you go through that process again and again. And it's possible that that tenant will say, sure, I'm gl gladly going to pay that extra amount. But it's just one tenant. When we manage properties, we're managing properties with some scale. We talked about lots of benefits of scale and scale absolutely is beneficial. And there's some things you need to keep in mind when you're managing at scale. So when we're managing a 100 or 200 or 300 unit property, let's say it's a 240 unit property. Well, that means on average, every month, 20 tenants have their leases expire. And we send out 20 renewal notices. And Tenants are never going to be paying market rent. 
maybe one might be paying market rent because for some reason we got them to agree to a higher than market rent when they signed their lease. Otherwise, if they paid market when they signed, that's market from a year ago. Even in a normal environment, not where we are today, even in a normal environment, rents are going to move at least a few percent every year, meaning that that tenant's going to be below market when it comes time for a renewal. If they're a few percentage points below market, probably not a big deal. I would hazard a guess they've already budgeted in that their rent's going to go from $1,000 to $1,030 or $1,025 or some number like that. They may not have budgeted in that the rent's going to go to $1,150. And maybe that's what we can actually rent that unit for now is $1,150, a unit that a year ago leased for $1,000. That is not an uncommon situation that we're seeing in the market today, given where occupancy rates are and the demand in the marketplace. And the last several sessions we've had together, uh, we've talked about that a little bit. All right, well, let's just, for argument's sake, say that every one of those 20 tenants is at $1,000 and the market is $1,150. Well, why can't we just give a renewal notice to everyone and say, you're all going to $1,150? Well, nothing keeps us from doing that. The laws of physics do not preclude us from being able to send out that renewal notice. Let's game out though what happens if we send that out. If we send that out, we're going to have some tenants look at that and say, wow, that's a pretty big jump. I can probably afford that, but boy, let me see what else I could do. And they'll get on the phone or on the internet and they'll go check out alternatives. And if that really is a market rent, they're going to come to the conclusion that financially, I'm going to be in about the same spot if I move. So now it becomes a question of, do I like this property? Have I been treated well? Is it well-maintained? Other factors that would really play into whether or not someone's going to sign a renewal. Assuming that they're satisfied with all those items and it's purely a financial decision, if they can afford it and it's in line with what the rest of the market is, many, most maybe even all of those tenants are going to sign the renewal. Not all tenants are going to be in that particular position. Some tenants, when they look at options, alternatives, some are going to look at alternatives that maybe take them out of the marketplace, right? They might look at alternatives. Uh, well, you know what? I could go move in with a couple of buddies or Maybe I'll move uh, to a different part of town, right? You know, if you're in, for example, the DFW Metroplex, am I going to move from the city I live in? I'm going to move 15 miles away. Well, we're not comping against properties that are 15 miles away. We're comping against assets that are within a few miles, no more than five miles of the property that we're at. So they might have some other options. It's also likely that at least some of those 20 tenants are going to look at that number and go, you know, $1,000 was the number I could afford. I could handle going to 1,030 or maybe even 1,040. I simply cannot afford $1,150 a month. Boy, what am I going to do? And they might come by the office, <clears throat> pardon me, and have a conversation and say, gosh, I love staying here. 
I get it. This property is absolutely worth $1,150. I just don't have $1,150. So we're going to talk with that tenant about, well, what about a different size unit? Maybe they're not in our smallest unit. Maybe they could move down uh, in which they'd be able to maintain a reasonable rent that they'd be happy with. And they'd simply have a different experience in terms of the size of their unit. And for some tenants, that's just not going to be viable. So those tenants would say, I'm sorry, I can't sign this renewal. Here's my notice to vacate. All right, great. So far, Pat, I don't hear any problem, right? You've got tenants that are renewing. You've got tenants that are giving their notice to vacate. You're going to move the ones that renew, obviously, all the way up to 1150. And the ones that are giving you a notice to vacate, if that's really the market rent, well, you're going to rent those units at that market rent. So you're going to move to market. I'm not seeing the problem. The challenge comes in renewal rates, meaning the percentage of tenants that sign renewals every month. Out of those 20, so we're using a 240 unit example property, 20 tenants on average every month get those expirations and get a renewal notice. If we had 15 sign renewals, that'd be great. We'd be very happy with that. As a matter of fact, if 15 signed the renewals, 15 out of 20, we'd probably look at that and say, you know what? The market rent's actually higher than 1150 because that's not going to result in a meaningful shift in occupancy, which is where you can begin to tell that you're actually getting to the market rent. If anything, that might give us reason to think the next round of renewals, we could, we could bump them up a bit because we're actually not at the real market. What if 10 or 11 of them signed renewals? That's the sweet spot. That's where we'd like to be. We would like 50%, maybe 60% of the tenants to sign a renewal. That keeps the property nice and stable and in an asset the size we're describing, that gives me eight, maybe nine units every month that I get an opportunity to go in to freshen up, right? I can paint, I can clean, I can maybe fix items that tenants haven't been reporting and and get the unit in really good shape. And if I'm doing a value add program, that gives me units to take through the program and update the flooring and the counters and the appliances, cabinets, whatever might be involved. If that's the rate we run at, then over the course of about two years, we would touch 80, 85, maybe 90% of the units. That's what we would probably have underwritten for a value add property. So we'd really like to be in that 50 to 60% range. And if we're there and we're getting the 1150, then your expectation is absolutely correct. That's what we would wanna do. The challenge is this is for a significant jump in rent, because we're talking about a 15% increase. It is quite possible, maybe even likely, that we would not see 15 of 20 renew, or 10 or 11 of 20 renew, but that we might only see four or five renew. Well, that's great. We're moving rents to market on those four or five units, And the other units we will absolutely be able to put on the market and rent at that 1150 and take some through the improvement process and so on. 
The challenge becomes now we have a significant number of those units. And while we have great traffic at the property and we're keeping the units uh, well occupied, when we have a spike in physical vacancy in units that are vacating, it can take some time, right? Might take 30 or 60 days to get those units repopulated at the market rent. Well, this happens every month, remember? So if we end up with four or five or six units that are still vacant at the end of the month that we've done all this in, well, we're now into a brand new month in which we get another 15 or 16 vacant and we might have another four or five of those. Well, now we're starting to run a scenario where we've got a reasonable amount, if not maybe a growing amount of vacancy and the property is not quite as stable. We really do define stability on the renewal front as about that 50% renewal rate. We don't want to see 75 or 80%. That tells us that there's uh, room there, that the market rent is really higher than what we're asking for. Uh, and we don't want to see it below 50% because that creates some volatility. And one of the reasons we like multifamily is it is so stable. So that's a scenario that I think would make sense to most of you. But let's add something to the mix. And it's going to give you a picture that I think is more realistic in terms of what's actually out there. So our 240 unit property, and we're using an assumption here that every unit's the same. Uh, they all have $1,000 in average rent uh, and 1150 is the, the market that we're targeting. Well, that's great, but they're not all going to be at $1,000. Some are going to be at a thousand. Some might be a hair over a thousand in terms of what their actual rents are. But there's going to be some that are 900 or 850 or 800 or even 750. These might be long tenured tenants, right? Tenants that have been here for a while. Uh, maybe it's a property we've recently acquired. We haven't really gone through a, a uh, renewal cycle with every single tenant yet. And we're coming up on that for these tenants. So now we're talking about some percentage of tenants in the mix every month in that 20 renewal notices that go out that aren't seeing a 15% increase, which is a healthy increase, but they're seeing 20, 25, 30, 40% increases. I don't think anybody out there is in a position to have a 40% increase in their housing costs in one month and be able to say, okay, I can deal with that. Maybe there are, maybe there's some tenants out there that absolutely can pay the higher rents and they're just very happy that nobody's ever raised their rent in some significant way. My guess is that's not the case. That means that almost every one of those tenants, and honestly, it probably is every one of those tenants that are significantly below market, they're gonna move. Those are tenants that if they move, that gives us a chance to actually get that unit to market. But then if you've got other tenants that move that maybe are closer to that average, that's what gets you to that 15 or 16 or even 17 units that don't renew. So how do we manage that? Well, the way we manage that is uh, what I call feathering the throttle, right? So 
every month, I would love to move each tenant to the point where they're paying market. Seems kind of fair, right? A new tenant moves in and pays eleven fifty. If you're my next door neighbor, you ought to be paying eleven fifty as well, right? We're all paying the same because we've all got the same size unit and the same living experience. Well, in the scenario I've just described, it might be a little challenging to get every unit to that eleven fifty number, and so we're going to throttle it a little bit. And maybe we don't ask eleven fifty. Maybe we ask a smaller number because we want to get to that 50, 55, 60% renewal rate. And we've got the challenge of a tenant that might be, let's say we've got a tenant that is at $850. That's $300 below that 1150 market rent. That's a tenant that we might have a conversation with and say, this is what your unit would rent for if you were to, to vacate. And if you are planning on vacating Wonderful. We're happy to help you and uh, work on timing and other factors. It's also possible, though, that that tenant would say, hey, I love it here. I want to stay. It's like, great. Let's help you with that. Again, we might talk about maybe moving to a different unit if there's an option there. The other is maybe we adjust what their lease looks like. Maybe we do a shorter term lease with a pretty hefty increase and then one after that with another and take time to kind of work that number in. That's clearly a possibility. All of those tools, though, need to be used in a manner that gets us to that 50 to 60% renewal rate. So if we're not getting there, then we might actually back off a little bit on the rents we're asking at renewals. If we are there and we're above that, if we're at 70, 75, 80%, or 90 even, then we're probably not pushing as hard and the market rent is actually higher than what we're um, seeing and what we're targeting. So uh, you kind of have to feather that. Now, when we do get a vacant unit and we put it out on the market, we have a prospective tenant that maybe sees an ad online, goes to our website, apartments.com. Maybe they drive by or, or possibly have someone that they know that lives here. And they come in or call us on the phone and they're going to say, hey, I'd love to learn more about your property. And we answer their questions. And do you have any units available? Yes, I have one that's going to be available at the end of the month. How much does it rent for? It rents for $1,150. Now, that prospective tenant can absolutely and probably is going to compare that rent with other rents in the marketplace, right? What might it cost me to rent somewhere else? But they're not comparing it with the $850 that one tenant might be paying or the $1,000 that maybe many tenants are paying because they don't see any of that. So for that prospective tenant, there's no perception of an increase of if this is 10% or 40% or whatever it might happen to be. It's simply that's what the rent is. And when compared with the marketplace, that may end up in a position where we absolutely get that tenant to sign and, and they go forward. And this is where we look at the total occupancy number, not the renewal rate. If our total occupancy number is high, and remember, we, we'd like to be in that maybe 93 to 97 range, um, you know, a little lower gives us some room to work with, especially if we're doing improvements. 
A little higher is okay. We don't need to be or want to be full because that tells us that there's there's probably some money on the table because the market's actually higher than what we're asking for. So if we're leasing those units promptly and we're staying 97, 98% occupied, 1150 is not the market rent. That's what we're learning from that. If on the other hand, we're leasing them in a timely manner, we're staying 95, 96% occupied, uh, occasionally dipped to 94, boy, it kind of sounds like we're pretty close to what the real market rate is. Uh, and that's healthy for us. Not every prospective tenant is going to say yes. Some are going to say no, thank you for a number of reasons, but some for financial reasons. They simply think it's not uh, the value that they want for that amount of, uh, of rent. And that's okay, right? Everybody gets to make those decisions. We simply need to have enough tenants that say yes, enough prospects, such that we maintain the level of occupancy that we want. So we can be um, a little more uh, clear and consistent with that asking rent on a new lease, because again, there is no perception of it being an increase. Whereas the renewals were coming from someplace to another rent. And while that other rent may in fact be the market rent, the rent that we would get if it was vacated, we can't simply blindly ask everyone to move to that because we could end up with lots of vacant units that we would get rented, but it would take some time to do that. And remember, 20 units every month. In 90 days, you've touched 60 units. If you're not renewing many of those leases, you suddenly have 50 vacants to deal with in a time frame where you might normally only secure 25 or 30 leases. You could start to have an occupancy issue that doesn't have anything to do with not charging the right market rent. It has to do with how we're managing renewals. Now, over the course of a couple of years, that should all begin to flatten out as those tenants that have rents that are significantly lower than market uh, begin to get in line uh, with the other tenants. And we see a more steady, stable uh, increase for every tenant on a normal uh, basis, on a normal retool, uh, pardon me, renewal uh, timeframe. So renewal rents, if they're a function of the renewal rate, are probably going to lag a little from the actual market rent that you can get on new leases. Collectively together, that's gonna give us our actual rent number. And that number combined with the total occupancy is what's gonna tell us what the real market is. If we're highly occupied, then we're not at the real market and there's room to move up. If we're modestly occupied or actually you're beginning to have a occupancy issue, maybe we're dropped into the nine, low 90s or even the high 80s, then we might be pricing ourselves out of the market. And that would be a factor we'd need to look at, as well as other factors that could be having an impact on that. So if you're a passive investor, and whether you're investing with us or with another sponsor, might be an interesting topic to learn more about. At a minimum, hopefully helps you think about the tools and techniques we use and other sponsors use to manage large-scale properties. If you have residential assets, so single families, duplexes, fourplexes, those kinds of things, 
you might take a look at how your renewal schedules are set up, maybe spread some of those leases out so they're not on top of each other. That eliminates or at least reduces this type of potential exposure. And if you're going to start investing in larger properties, maybe you and some family and friends want to buy a 20plex or a 40plex, fantastic, more power to you, happy for you. And you're now heading towards an area where you may see some of that, right? A 40plex, you're going to have something like three tenants every month come up for renewal. That's not 20 but it's not one every three months either. So you're going to start seeing some of that exposure. All right. I hope this has been of value. If you have any questions, as I said, feel free to shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. And please join us again next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Polling. 